0: Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk and gold sponsor,
1: Podium. It's one of our workshop whispering episodes today where Rachel answers your questions about how to improve your auto repair business Rachel, you say one of the biggest problems you think is that people don't ask for help early enough? Yeah, that's right, Mel. It's quite a strange
0: phenomenon actually because for myself, I know that the fastest way to help to get the answers that you need is by asking somebody that's a little bit further along than you and that will turbocharge your learning and your understanding and you can get to that answer that you need faster. But unfortunately, pride gets in the way for many workshop owners who don't want the outside world to know that things aren't as good behind the scenes is what they appear to be or even their family members maybe that's yeah. exactly right even you know a husband doesn't want a wife to know or a wife doesn't want a husband to know what the financial situation of the business might be so they try and make do with the best they can and often they uh, get themselves in such a state in such a hole that it takes quite a bit to get out of that hole if they do eventually ask for help and many won't ask for help and uh, unfortunately those businesses are lost swallowed up by the Aftermarket, so I'm really excited about the questions that we've got today from those, uh, in some cases, brave workshop owners who absolutely. Have sent us a so,
1: a big hug to you! And yeah. today's first question comes from Simon in North Queensland. Simon says he feels like his biggest issue is knowing how to motivate his team so that his business can make more money. What do you suggest he does? Apart from, you know, a prod of a, a cattle stick or <laughs> <laughs> Well, in North Queensland, he might have a, yeah, a cattle Yeah, you might handy. be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a great question
0: and a common one because team motivation, you know, it motivation comes in all shapes and sizes. And one of the, uh, the biggest things for a workshop owner to realise is that you can't apply one motivation strategy across your team and expect that it'll work for everyone. You've got unique individuals amongst your team Some of them are going to want structure. They're going to want a set of instructions throughout the day to keep them on track. Others are going to want to work autonomously. Some are going to be motivated by money and we should always be careful of those ones and we might get time at the end of this to to come back and touch on that. But some will never be motivated to do more than turn up, do their very minimal
1: effort and go home again because
0: they're just there. uh, So do the tasks
1: that are allotted to them and then basically – And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So your first job as a workshop owner is to actually identify the individual needs of each different team member. So like for the the ones that require structure – Uh, you're going to need a particular type of leadership employed with them. So you're going to have to be clear, you're going to have to be concise and you're always going to have to be thinking ahead so that they have that structure. They can always, you know, walk up to the whiteboard or up to the job board, look ahead in the computer to see what their jobs are. They want that kind of focus. They want to be able to check in with you. Some people like the interaction during the day. Others will like to work autonomously, so they don't want you hanging over their shoulder and you coming to check in on them all the time will, um, in some cases, belittle
1: them. Makes them feel like you don't trust them. That's exactly
0: right. And of course, you'll have the odd person that you need to watch because their workmanship isn't where you think it should be. I'm not talking about those people, but somebody that wants autonomy will feel motivated if you show that you're prepared to give them that responsibility. So there's really a couple of different forms of motivation and autonomy is one of them. Being able to connect your people to your purpose is another. So if your team members understand why you are doing this thing called business ownership, where it is that you want to go, why you want them to deliver the type of service that you're asking them to deliver, they're more likely to get on the journey with you. If you can't adequately convey your vision to them – they're just going to be confused. They're going to not understand your directions or why they should follow through with that.
1: It's just going to be a bit of a, a mess, really. So if you don't know what you're doing, why should they? How, know can, what, yeah. they how know? can they?
0: Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. So you also have to uh, work out what kind of leader you are. And this is not always comfortable for the owner to do, is to look inside themselves and say, well, how am I contributing to this? Is my leadership style ineffective? You know, am I being a laissez-faire style of leader where I don't like conflict and I don't really like giving directions so I just stand back and hope that everybody works it out for themselves? The employee that likes structure is going to flounder under that style of leadership especially. If you're too democratic, if you invite everybody's opinion, it's often hard to make a decision. You've got too many people at the decision-making table So the style of leadership that I would certainly encourage is transformational. So you've got to be that leader that just through your actions and your words, everybody jumps in behind you and follows you along the journey of business ownership. And sometimes there's a little bit of work that you have to do to get there. But if you recognise that you've even got one or two people in your team that are really on board with you, well, sit down with them and do an interview, so to speak, and say, you seem to be really on board with what you're doing here what is it that you see that excites you or why is it that you choose to stay and work here and and they might say because you're helping me progress my career it's a great work environment listen to what they're saying because then you can use those words in your next job advertisement when you're recruiting say people love to work here because blah 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 and you'll find more of those motivated people but if you've got people on your team that you know are not engaged with what you're doing and you've tried to bring them on board, you believe that you've, you know, conveyed the vision to them and they're just not working out, you've got to move those people on. There's nothing that kills a culture faster than a toxic person who's not going to do anything more than, you know, those tasks that you spoke about just before. And quite often they'll try and get the rest of the team to slow down to their level wow, Okay.
1: because they don't want to stand so out. So why are you going so fast, mate? Oh, I see. Yeah. They feel threatened by that's other right. people. Yeah, yeah right. that's
0: right. So those type of people you're not going to be able to motivate uh, without the dangle of money. And if you do dangle money in front of them, it'll only work for a couple of weeks. So, unfortunately, there's been some studies that show that somebody that's motivated by money alone is eighty percent more likely to engage in deviant or devious behaviour. So you really need to think about how you offer financial incentives, and I encourage you to reach out to me if you know you're not sure the best uh, what the best way is to remunerate your team. But um, you can also pick up some more information about motivation in a great book called Drive by Dan Pink. So lots of great tips in there around how to inspire that innate motivation, so a motivation that comes from the inside.
1: Awesome. Our second question comes from Chris near Hobart in Tassie. He feels like his business went quite well before the last federal election and it hasn't yet recovered. He is in his fourth month of poor sales and he doesn't know what to do to drive more customers in the door. Can you suggest anything?
0: I don't think there's a workshop owner across the country or in New Zealand either, that hasn't been affected by an election at some point. It's one of those things that we mark in the X-Files because we don't quite understand why an election, whether it's state or, or federal, would stop people from getting their car serviced, but it does. And this last federal election a few months ago, you know, it felt like our economy almost came to a halt. So I understand Chris's concern and I have spoken to quite a few recently who don't feel like they've bounced back. Okay, So we need to get, I've spoken before about doing internal audits. So I'd check first of all what systems and processes you've got in place in your management software, your invoicing software, where you can send an email reminder or a service reminder via text message even just to wake those people up and say, hey, you actually missed Your service, and we don't want you know anything to go wrong with your car that might be more expensive to repair in the long run. So you know, best that you pop in. So we need to go back to the customers that are late, and uh, even if that means a phone call, you know, if you've tried a couple of times and there's been no response, give them a call. It's not that we're hassling the customer. If you come from the perspective that you just want to do what's best, well, we know that them coming in on time is what's best for their car. It avoids costly repairs in the future. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would be to go outside of the uh, reminder system and actually SMS to your customer database. When you do that, especially if you've got a few thousand people in your database, you'll normally get about half a dozen responses to a come in for your service now. We've got a few spots today and that will get the ball rolling. The other thing uh, is more of a long-term strategy, but start using your Facebook page because I feel like I say this until I'm blue in the face, but... (laughs) In this day and age, all of our customers and potential customers have their phone in their hand or somewhere very close by for a large percentage of the day. So get some quality educating content going out on your Facebook page and you know, put some funny stuff on there, put some educational stuff on there. If you were going to post 10 times a week, make nine of them informative or funny and make one of them a call to action. We've got some spots available for a service today. Give us a call. Making sure that you put a call to action in there. But if there's one thing that I've learned about the auto aftermarket when it comes to elections is that it always does bounce back. It's just a matter of how long you can hold out for, which brings into play a bigger conversation, which maybe we can do in another podcast, Mel, around you know how much emergency cash do you have on hand? Okay. Because I know that uh, certainly most of the auto repair shop owners that I talk to have about five or six days of operating expenses in their bank account not the five or six months worth that they should have. So those that uh, look after themselves and think of the future will always be the ones that
1: survive long-term. Wow. Mm. I have to check my bank account. I think it's dwindling.
0: <laughs> Take a smoker and review us on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen.
1: Such great advice, Rachel. And if someone is out there thinking, oh my goodness, Rachel could help me and my workshop, how can you tailor specific advice for someone? Well, you can email us,
0: admin at workshopwhisperer.com with your question and we can answer it the next time we do Workshop Whispers. If you know that you need help sooner, though, I uh, I really encourage you to reach out so that we can have a discussion about whether my coaching is right for you and your auto repair shop. So reach out to us either way, admin at workshopwhisperer.com. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket, thanks to titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk and gold sponsor Podium.